For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of Highly Unapologetic, the podcast. And as y'all can see on my screen right now, I gave Wes and Jazz the day off today only because they couldn't figure out when they wanted to come between Thursday and Sunday. So I brought in two backups who are super capable and we've recorded with them a few times in Dallas. We've uh, recorded a, one time in San Antonio and multiple times uh, through remote. And we've got Average Joe's Media. Uh, things you think you don't care about podcast, The Average Joe Boo and The Average Joe. Appreciate y'all coming on and uh, filling in last minute, guys. You bet. And to all your listeners, you're welcome. Yeah. They owe y'all the grandest of thank yous. Well, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair for sure. But uh, anyways, we don't have anything uh, specific planned to talk about today, so uh, we're just going to do a little little freestyle action and uh, see what kind of trouble we can get into for the next hour or so. And uh, now that COVID-19 has completely disappeared, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. Well, uh, there, yeah, uh, that's true. I got to tell you, I, I thought during COVID, uh, we had seen the peak of days where we just woke up and said, I don't recognize, you know, the country we're living in or, or you know, what's going around us. But uh, that was proven wrong. Yeah, it's kind of like a hold my beer, uh, hold my beer kind of thing. Yep. You know, but. Uh, funny guy, let's call it that with it being named Corona. Yeah, 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 hold hold the virus, right? Hold the virus. Well, you know, we joked about those. Uh, what are they called? The murder hornets that were going to come out at one point. We're like, and from Japan, and we're like, Japan's like, hey, hold my beer. Look what I got. I didn't, I didn't ever think the the murder hornets were going to really take off, though. I thought that was a that was weird, especially when I, I saw this video and it was a praying mantis destroying one of these murder hornets and eating it from the head in and started with its eyeball. Did you all see that video? Yeah. Negative. Yeah, and I couldn't stop watching it. It was really weird. Right. Normally I'm not into into videos like this. I, I don't I don't like watching stuff. I have a I have a pretty weak stomach. But it's like a train wreck. And at one point, you know, the the murder hornet's head is just like completely caved in. Praying mantis just munching away, and that was when I thought, man, these murder hornets are not gonna—it's not gonna take off. So we need something new, and we definitely got it. One last observation about the praying mantis eating the the murder hornet, uh, which is very strange to even be saying, um, is have you ever noticed that when you're watching any of those uh, National Geographic type, you know, documentaries or scenes uh, where they're showing these type of uh, full circle of life events happening? They're much less violent than you would imagine. I did not know that. Because regular, uh, just Hershey hornets uh, are pretty violent. But you know what I mean? Like, it, there really wasn't that big of a fight. I mean, the prey man was, like, fairly slow oh, yeah. and meticulous just eating it. And it didn't really feel like the hornet was fighting back that much. I just thought it was – I just imagined the, the whole fight to be much more explosive. But uh, – yeah. Maybe it was a video where the first part of the video was cut and we only saw the end of the video and we got to make our own assumptions. Yeah. I mean, why not the fake media yeah. manipulating the images of a praying mm-hmm. mantis? That's right. This was to I quell mean, the whole murder hornet theory. Yeah. All we need to, to do uh, is invest in praying mantis <laughs> farm <laughs> and we'll be fine. They're, exactly. they're, trying to, they're trying to change the narrative on us again. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did that. So uh, Dallas got hit pretty hard last night, yeah. Yep, San, San Antonio did too, and it was it was wild because uh, they were trying. From what I understand, they were trying to go after the Alamo. 
Mm. That's not a smart plan. And they had they had police officers surrounding the Alamo. Uh, but then the next biggest outrage last night in San Antonio was the downtown Whataburger getting completely destroyed. Mm. And that just that just shows you where South Texas's uh, heart and and mind is at when you're outraged about a Whataburger going down. So yeah. there's a couple of folks we went to school with, some of those live in downtown and on our Facebook feeds last night, there was quite a few times people were showing either live videos or they were sharing like watch parties yeah. of live videos that they were following. And, um, you know, the, I think the, the super sad thing is, is there was a big March yesterday and it all went very pretty well. It was, um, it was peaceful. Um, there were people, you know, they, they marched from different locations. They sang songs, had prayer, had speakers, <clears throat> and then as um, it was died down or scheduled to stop, by the way, I'm loving the beaver mug, by the way. <laughs> That's <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, things, they started uh, breaking out. I'm sorry. I completely lost my train of thought with Bucky's. Oh my goodness. But uh, they, uh, they started breaking apart and going to other groups. And the next thing you know, you know, things are being hurled at, at police officers and buildings uh, started to be vandalized and looted. But what people are reporting, he's still trying to distract me with Bucky. Um, what people are reporting and documenting through photos and videos is everywhere there was reported um, protest, the different places on the March route and whatnot, and where people said, Hey, let's meet up here to, to protest. Um, there were pallets of bricks, and in some cases, the bricks already pre-wrapped um, with saran wrap. So um, a lot of people are asking some questions now of saying, hey, it does not look like you know this is all protesters going out there who are trying to, to make their voice heard, trying to exercise their constitutional right. There's a lot of uh, um, foreign actors, if you will, people that are trying to do other things and trying to, to cause these things to go in the, in the wrong direction. Um, in fact, one store owner, there's a very graphic video of him being beaten uh, really yeah, that bad. Was, that was that was Dallas, right? That was yeah. up there. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So it's um, they, they put us under curfew like a lot of the other places. They did. Uh, That's yeah. official. Yeah, that is official. What time watched, are we allowed to not leave our house? Seven. What? Seven. Seven p.m. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I haven't. I want to go back and double check because I only heard a little bit of the uh, chief of police's um, press conference. But I believe initially, at least, uh, they've cordoned off different parts of downtown. I don't think the curfew is extended to all of Dallas County, um, but we'll probably need to stay tuned to that because I've seen where there are some other events um, planned or on social media is reporting of gatherings that are going to happen in some of the other surrounding suburbs. Mm-hmm. This just in with Average Joe's Media. Dallas County shut down at 7 p.m. tonight. <laughs> 7 p.m. That's wild. I thought I read 11:30 to like six in the morning. I could be I, I could be wrong, but that's that's what I remember hearing on um the press conference. <laughs> this just in. Wow. This just Bucky in. Bucky with the hot take. Seven seven p.m. That's dude. That's wild. I don't. I don't know if it, I don't, I couldn't comply. I don't think that's as bad as a 24 hour Walmart shutting down at 8 PM, like just on a dime because of the fake virus with the fake yeah. virus. Yeah. I, I'm used to going to Walmart whenever I need something. And then all of a sudden I have to start time managing when I go to Walmart. Right. It's ridiculous. Can't, can't take this seven o'clock nap and go to Walmart at 11 PM. Mm-hmm. I got to go to Walmart before eight. Seven seven p.m. to six a.m. for the next several days, and it's going to cover uh, like downtown Dallas, the Cedars Deep Elm, Uptown Victory Park, and some other surrounding places. So I, it doesn't look like it's extended to all of Dallas County. But um, it was actually funny. A friend of of ours, um, someone I've worked with for a number of years, she called me yesterday, said, "Hey, where are you at?" And I was like, "I'm at the house wine." And she's like, "Well, I'm driving behind the average Joe's." mobile wagon and uh apparently they were <laughs> traveling through mesquite and uh they saw joe boo on the road so they were checking in um <laughs> the average joe's wagon and uh and uh so they i said well hey what are y'all up to and they said they had heard reports that target and some other stores in mesquite were boarding up 
yesterday afternoon, um, and sure enough, they were. So I mean, there there are there are stores not just in the Dallas you know urban epicenters, but in the surrounding areas that are starting to close and to board up uh, in preparation of of what might what take place if they're if they're targeted or whatnot. It's um it's pretty nuts, man. And the kids, I don't know. Like I think. Yours might be old enough, Adam. I, I think you know most of yours. Josh probably a little too young to be, uh, you know, to to ask too many questions right now. But um, I've had moments where I just told the kids, like, "Hey, listen, I'm not. I need a break from talking about it because they're getting information from their friends. You know, different social media. Um, you know, if it's viral on TikTok, TikTok, then it must be factual. But it's been uh, it's been challenging to keep up with some of the questions and try to keep the narrative straight. You know what I mean? In your household of what you want your kids to understand about it, what you want your kids to be focusing on the message of it. Well, I'm fortunate my youngest two are too young, but I'm also fortunate that my oldest is completely disinterested in anything current event. Uh, that, that sounds exactly like Riley. Does not, does not care at all. If it's not on her computer or directly affecting her, she has no interest. Right. And right now, I'm... Um, 100% okay with that. No, I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of you both because they're not. I mean, J- Grace is not really into it, but Jordan and Jack are. Jordan especially, you know, getting older, fixing to be 17. Um, you know, he's paying a lot more attention to stuff going on in the world. And Jack, he's very involved with friends and being a social butterfly on social media. So, you know, there's always conversations happening. So he's trying to figure out what's what. And, um like, hey, Dad, like last night, that video you referenced of that of that guy, you know, he came knocking on my door pretty late last night. He's like, oh, my gosh, Dad, see what's happening. I was like, hey, please turn your phone off. You know what I mean? We're not uh, – <laughs> we'll, we'll make sense of it in the morning, you know? So it's – um. Jack's a chip off the old block, man. He is uh, he's he really Joe is. reincarnate. He is. I like to say that uh, I'm responsible for all of his good parts, and, and I don't claim too many of his bad ones. Sure. <laughs> so. Uh, speaking of uh, not claiming too many of the bad ones, check out uh, the Average Joe's Media newest podcast series coming up. While we're single, <laughs> while we're single, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shameless plug, I love it. Yeah. No, but yeah, the Riley, if it's if it's not Madden or Fortnite or yeah. NBA Two K on the PlayStation, he doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, in in fact, he hasn't he hasn't even asked one question about. Why? Why anything's happening? And I know he sees it because he's on TikTok a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. It's a good thing that he's sheltered from it right now because I don't know what I'd tell him. Well, I think I'm very thankful that we're not in school and that when school was in, you know, kids weren't congregating there because your preteen, like your middle school, high school age. You know, I know when we were that that age, man, if there was a cause or something we felt like we need to rally behind, you know what I mean? You're just, that's the age, you know, that, that young adulthood you're emerging into. That's when you think that you're invincible. And uh, shout out to the new logo. It's looking sweet. See it behind see you, that, buddy. See that backwards logo? <laughs> looking good, man. It's looking it's good. It's not backwards to us. Oh, it's not it's, backwards to you. It's only it backwards. Only, it looks good. Yeah, it only reports oh, okay. backwards to you. Yeah. It looks good. But uh, I'm, I'm happy. Right. I'm happy for that though, because I don't. I think that there could be a lot of misguided um, attempts to exercise, you know, their 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 freedom of speech and and all those things. Because you know, you got mm. you got different celebrities. I don't think they're doing a positive job right now of just saying, "Hey, go do whatever you want." You know, I'm going to donate X amount of money to bail you out of jail if you do. You know, they're really right. not keeping the. Um, they're not really keeping the messaging crystal clear. Well, that's the biggest thing with teaching is uh, the kids. The kids feel like they're invincible when they see something like this. Yeah. Like there's no consequence because of freedom of speech or all this other stuff. And I can say whatever I want. I remember it was about four years ago. Um, I had cafeteria duty. I was walking with uh, with an older white guy um, and. He was bald, and he was bald naturally, right? I do this by choice, but, um, and at the time, I don't think I, I was, uh, I think I had a full head of hair, and one of these kids just called him a naked skinhead, 
for no reason. Like, he was telling them that what they were doing in the cafeteria was a violation of the rule of principle was established. And he was just trying to uphold the rule and, and let them know, hey, you, you don't need to be congregating. You need to have a seat, get your lunch. You know, you can talk while seated, whatever the rules were. I don't even remember what the rules were, but they were up in groups. And that generally is when fights start to break out. You know, they start talking and gossiping and one person gets their gets heated and then somebody else starts hearing one person's talk it's just it's ridiculous and so he's a rule follower he always has been and uh and he's he's one of those letter of the law guys so if you are breaking the letter of the law it doesn't matter who you are he's gonna he's gonna tell you and uh and it happened to be these two black kids uh and one of them called him a naked skinhead and he was like really okay <laughs> i mean he's He's like the nicest person in the history of anybody I've worked with in education, uh, but he's just a rule follower, and he's a, he's in his sixties, so he gets uh, he gets determined to make sure the rules are followed. Let's say there's no there's no lenience with him just because he's he's from that generation. You're told to do something, you do it, and uh, and so yeah, they they called him that, and we both just kind of looked at each other like. Really? Okay. Yeah. And they just, they went on their merry way, you know, and it was like, and it's because the school system's walking on eggshells. What do they punish? What don't they punish? If we were to report these kids for saying what they said, would they even get in trouble? Is it hate speech? Is it inappropriate? Is it disrespectful? Whatever. And, uh, and so anyway, but they felt emboldened enough to say that to like the nicest teacher on campus and uh just because he happened to be a white man with no hair right and uh and he called them out for doing something against the school rules anyways it was just and this type of situation this type of situation just blows that type of stuff out of proportion and i could not be more thankful that we have not been in school during the Georgia shooting and the, this Minneapolis thing, uh, and of course the fallout after it, I, I could not be happier that the timing of all these things happen when we're not in school. So there would be, let's say, at least a two-month break between when all this stuff is fresh and if schools reopen in August, right. and there there'd be a little bit of reprieve from it, hopefully, unless it. I mean, unless it continues and gets more rampant. Yeah, I, I think you know it's. I'm glad. On one hand, I'm, I'm glad kids have certain outlets, whether it be social media, you know, or just different ways to express themselves. Because I, th- I think artistic, you know, expression is important during times like these because people have to find a way to get get what they're trying to say out, get how they feel out. <clears throat> but I, I think it's incumbent upon as many of us as possible. Um, to try to set an example because, you know, they say the world's watching while well, our kids and the youth are watching. And, you know, like my, my boys, they'll say, well, this is, you know, even even my brother here, well, I don't understand. This is pretty stupid. I, what are they trying to accomplish with rioting and, and, and what are they trying to accomplish with, you know, the looting and stuff? And so it's like, you know, re retraining that narrative. Well, let's not group everyone on the streets into the same category. There's a lot of people that are out there protesting, doing things the right way. And that's their, that's their God given right. You know, that's their constitutional right. You know, so teaching the importance of if there's a moment in time where you should speak out and stand up for something or somebody you need to. Um, but also, you know, point out, you know, the people that are distracting from the message, the people that are trying to pervert the issue and um, trying to teach them to be kind of open, aware uh, and listening to what's real versus what's not. It's, it's just hard. <clears throat> I'm happy there's a group getting out there and protesting. You know, I don't want to take away from them. Uh, the crazy thing about this was everybody, everybody, white, black, red, purple, green, was on board for cop being arrested and charged with murder. We were all on the same page on that. Uh, 
I think everybody agreed with the the peaceful protests that were that were happening. Uh, everybody was, is on board for for justice for George Floyd. And I read where one um, he's a black conservative. I can't remember what his what his name is, but he said you lost me at the riots. And I don't like his wording on that. You didn't lose me. I'm still for justice for George Floyd. I'm still for this cop and the other three being brought up on charges. <clears throat> but let's let's word it differently because you didn't lose me completely on on the whole uh, justice for him. But well, you can. I, I think that's part of that point is uh, that. You didn't lose support for the issue at hand. You maybe lost support in the demonstrating of that issue right. when it turned to rioting. And yes, the uh, the wording, generally speaking, the wordings are where we all have our conflict because one person hears one thing and somebody hears something else. Right. And so, yeah, when they when they started tearing down stores and stuff, um, to me, I was always raised with. Two wrongs don't make a right, Adam. I know you were, Joey. I know you were as well. Uh, you can't you can't justify a wrongdoing by doing something wrong in return. And so, have, you know, at what point does does rioting send the right me- send the message you want heard, right? So, uh, but then again, it also could just be the people out there taking advantage of the protest. And the people trying to simply use that as the cover for doing something nefarious and getting away with it. As a come up. Right. Right. Well, so yeah. I got into, I was talking to Joe Boo about this because this was, uh, <clears throat> I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. I was a little shook um, and engaging in some some conversation with some friends of ours. And, um, you know, just, just eye-opening, changing changing the way I looked at some things or at least enabling me to um, see things from a different perspective. And so I kind of started off, you know, expressing some opinions similar to this, you know, like protesting is important. It's American. It's patriotic. It's just rioting, looting. No, ridiculous. And so while I don't think anybody agrees with the looting uh, from the rioting perspective, you know, some different quotes from Martin Luther King started surfacing and then some people started making a point. Well, what about the Boston tea party? Was that not destruction of private property? And uh, and so I had to take a moment and, and think about it, and, and that really does change. I, mean, I think that should change people's perspective, at least uh, listening and understanding. Again, not justifying violence, not justifying the destruction of property, but we have to be careful um, about ignoring hypocrisy and points of view. Um, okay. Now, I went back and read about the Boston Tea Party after you talked to me about this. And it ain't the same thing. It's not comparable. Well, again, I'm not saying it's the exact same thing. It's I'm not not, it's not even the same. It has it if they are related, it's completely tangential. Well, yes, much like the 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 um the images people are uh you know, or putting out there of you know, like historical paintings depicting the story in the Bible of Jesus overturning the, the tables with the tax collectors, you know, and whatnot. It it is it is not the same thing. Yeah, I I know that you know that. And I think that people, most people understand it's not the same. I think the point they're trying to make is there have been times in history where simply doing something peacefully hasn't always gotten the desired result. And so I think it's about changing that narrative back to the center point of it. Okay, well, then what are we trying to accomplish? What is being accomplished by this? Are we going about this in the right way? So again, uh, you know, if, if we're being invaded or oppressed by somebody and there needed to be strategic militaristic strikes on something, of course, you know what I mean? Uh, if there was a, a need for a rebellion or insurrection against certain things, I, I think there's valid points to make in that, but a store owner in your community that's from your community and of your community, um, I don't know if vandalizing their store is really getting the message heard is accomplishing the task at hand. Right. And and the the sports bar owner comes to mind. Yep. 
Uh, you know, uh, he's a it was he an ex firefighter, uh, African American male. Uh, put his whole life savings into a sports bar just for it to get burnt down before he could even open the doors. But the whole point of the riots and burning down it's racial injustice. But you just burned down the the business of one of your own. Well, the, the thing that, that I think people are, are losing sight of is, is the condition in which we're in right now. You know, the, the country as a whole has really been brought to its knees. Most people's lives have been disrupted. You have more people out of work than have ever been out of work, you know, in the history of the country. I mean, proportionally, maybe it's back down to Great Depression, you know, numbers, but obviously there's more people now than there were back then. But, um, you know, people have been beaten down. People have been not able to go to church. They've been taken out of their communities, been taken away from them uh, with all these restrictions. And you've had infringing of civil liberties across the country in different capacities. And then you have this event happen. You know, uh, <laughs> just, sorry, it's just, <laughs> I, I just it, this was a powder keg and it's almost like there's been a playbook. Um, of, of, you know, I hear a lot of people saying now it's a game of chess, not a game of checkers. And I think that, um, there have been other people playing chess for quite some time in all this, and people are just now getting on the same page with it. And unfortunately, um, they're using these acts and committing these acts to try to further divide the country. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yep. 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 Anyways, so baseball, 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 basketball, sports in general, like what are we doing there? Have y'all heard anything about, I want to get off of this whole topic, by the way, if you couldn't tell by the segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what have y'all heard about (laughs) when that type of stuff comes, is coming back? So I heard the NBA is looking at a July, early July start date to finish this, to finish the season. Uh, I've read where uh, they're talking about just taking the the top 16 records as it sits right now, throwing them all in a playoff, one through one through 16 seating. It doesn't matter what conference you're in. You know the 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 Bucks could play the the Warriors, you know, in the first round and. Okay. It, and and it's literally it's not one through eight on this side and one through eight on the it's literally one through sixteen throw them in and just let them go. More like college March Madness, right? But Except still, you've got the seven the seven game series and and everything. Right. Uh, football, uh, I have read that, and you know, as far as college goes, most most universities are on board of um, <clears throat> getting started on time. But with fifty percent capacity of your home stadium, so you're talking about you're talking about okay. Kyle. You're you know just as an example, Kyle Field seats over a hundred thousand. So you're talking about an A and M game with fifty thousand people in a in a hundred thousand people stands. You know what I mean? Well, I could also see them them only hope with making it to where only home students could could attend. Them not wanting students from the uh, other colleges attending. Right, and so, you know, I've I've been keeping up with Texas A and M's whole thing, and fifty percent would literally be the alumni season ticket holders and no students, hmm. which would be, you know, it would be an outrage. Be, you know, for why would why would they even want to play? They well, play for the alumni outside of playing because they love the game. Outside of that, which the argument for having a baseball season started where there are no fans at the games, but they could televise the games, has been uh, put out in the world in the universe. And how many baseball players would play in an empty stadium? Well, number one, I would, but I'm biased because I've never been paid to play baseball. So if they right. pay me to play baseball <laughs> in front of nobody, then I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. You know, you call me the replacement. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You're like oh, Keanu Reeves' football movie. Yeah. Like, I, but that's the point is, is that they're still get, they're getting paid to play this game, 
it shouldn't matter if there's people in the stadium or not. Like, I understand the whole home team, you get to rally behind a crowd, all this other stuff that happens. In any sport, uh, you have you use the crowd's motivation uh, to help get you going. That's kind of integral to the game. But, yeah, it's just one piece of the game. The problem, the problem with the baseball season getting started right now is not the empty stands. It's the prorated uh, paychecks yeah. that, you know, and, and the, the, the players are coming out and saying, you know what, we signed a contract for X amount of million dollars per year. And now you want to re- renegotiate me down to 25% of my salary. Yeah. <clears throat> and so you've got big names coming out. Like uh, Max Scherzer came out the other day. Well, if that's the case, then I'm not playing at all. Yeah. You know? like, why, I'm not going to, not going to take that pay cut. Because you're going to televise the game. You're going to get television money deals for the owners. The owners are still going to make money. Yeah. And so for you to want to prorate my salary down to 25% of what I should be making, and you're still capitalizing millions and billions off me, yeah, I'm not going to play. And I don't blame them, but I want baseball. Right. I'd rather have a shortened baseball season than the remainder of the basketball season. I don't care about basketball. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, I that's think it's, just, the, it's the worst time for the Rangers to build a new stadium. Well, did you see uh, Bryce Harper's um, proposition? Mm-hmm. They pretty much ended up with um, you do a uh, you do a shortened season, uh, and then. You do shorten playoffs with like a two or three game, you know, first first couple of rounds, and then you have one big World Series in a centralized location. And he named, you know, the Rangers new Rangers new stadium as yeah. that that place to hold that series. And is I mean, it was a lot to read, but right. I mean, it it was it was pretty cool. And I like the fact that baseball players themselves are coming out with ideas to try to get the game going. Yeah, well. I mean, at the heart of it, why are they in the game, right? Right. They love it. They know how good they are. They know how much they can contribute. Uh, they know how much they get from it. That's the whole point of sports in general is uh, you play it initially because you enjoy it. Right. Maybe, well, let's let's scratch that. In watching The Last Dance, Michael Jordan started playing sports because his parents wanted him to learn life lessons and learn more about life. And so he got into baseball and basketball because his parents put him there. Not necessarily, not specifically, because he loved those things when he was started. But I think if you know anything about Michael Jordan's story, he he ended up learning to love the game so much with whatever desire that he everything was attributed to the game. And then he even did the same thing with baseball because he wanted to go see what he could do because he knew he was athletic and talented. And right. he, I think he loved both of those games. He just excelled and, in one beyond yeah. measure. So. Shout out to uh, this week's episode, Binge Worthy Volume 3. There you go. Um, hockey's talking about doing something similar uh, with where teams left off, what? doing a shortened play. Hockey? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, well, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting up here. Because stars would be in, in that playoff hunt, and they're talking about picking hubs um, to try to have the playoff season in. And yeah. so Dallas would be one of those hubs. And then going back to college real quick, I don't think the players are being taken into consideration what they want or, or shoot, even what's safe for them really isn't being taken into consideration. Those schools <clears throat> are not willing to take the financial hit from not having a full college football season because it is hundreds of millions of dollars and our and in in speaking on that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up i read something the other day there are literally two universities in the nation that can survive without a football season texas a&m was one of them it, i can't remember who the other one is and so they were pointing at that that fact right there only two schools can make it without a football season is why we will definitely have a football season because the schools cannot make it financially without the football money and and, and taking that to what you both were saying about the players 
I respect the player's position on this because we're not going to see a full season take place in every home stadium, right? So it's not a matter of them being selfish for their millions and they're going to hurt their community of employees. Those people are still not going to get their money. They're still not going to get paid. From a business perspective, good on them for looking out for their best interest because the league's looking out for theirs. The league wants as much money as humanly possible. Um, that's fair, but I think you have people on, you got players on both sides of the argument. Let's get out there and play regardless of the stipulation. And you have people out there, absolutely not. This is ridiculous. If you're gonna, if you're gonna change it to a per from a per year basis to a per game basis, then that's not the contract I signed, and I should get paid regardless because of the contract I paid. I'm still a, a Boston Red Sox. I'm still a New York Yankee. I'm still a Texas right. Ranger, regardless of uh, yeah. of COVID. Of, of a six foot rule, which stupid, but I mean, come on, <laughs> we got we got lines in Walmart this entire time because Walmart was considered essential. And yeah, okay, we need groceries, but we got there were more cars in the parking lot at Walmart throughout this entire time than I have ever seen from a day to day to day basis. Right. I was I was able to go to Walmart when it wasn't busy. I was able to do that. I'm not able to do that anymore because now it seems like everything that's essential is 100% necessary all the time. And so crowds are, are gathering in small spaces and we're talking about stadiums that can hold thousands of people. And there is tons of space, even if it's a sold out game. And I mean, come on, come on, have, have a season. That's right. Well, I got to tell you, Mark Mark Cuban has been doing the circuit of a lot of shows. He's been pretty active right now in trying to help businesses and do what he can uh, to even give ideas to the government about stimulating the economy. But he's been given some pretty interesting opinions and and takes on what he thinks needs to happen for the seasons and where the um, where the the, the short sightedness, uh, you know, of some of the, the stadium capacities and what's actually the best and safest for people right now, and what they can and can't control and take on liability wise. Um, I don't I don't have all that pulled up, obviously, but I'm just saying it's worth you know if you're interested in it, it's worth taking a look at hearing some of what he's had to say on a lot of that. But um, but I think it's just going to be what? Go ahead, go ahead. Mark Cuban, no, president just, in 2024. That's all I'm saying. Dude, I tell you what, I'd vote for him. Only probably the only reason I wouldn't vote for him is if uh, Dan Crenshaw ran. I hope that that ex Navy SEAL congressman from the great state of Texas runs for president someday. What about? I don't know if you guys follow him. He's pretty. Dude's pretty solid. What about Greg Abbott with Crenshaw? I'd I'd listen to it. I'd listen to it. I mean, I want to get a little bit more distance on this COVID thing and see how spot on he was because he had me most of the time and then things started getting a little bit whoppy um, and I didn't quite understand it. But his and Joe, Joe Boo's defense, because we we debated and argued this a couple of times, Joe Boo might have been right. Maybe uh, maybe Abbott was looking at some information that we didn't all see. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying, dude, I'm saying, I'm saying I'm, 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 I'm. I'm, you know, I, I skipped lunch, so I'm eating a little crow right now. I'm just telling you, you might have been right on that one. So uh, I think I would most likely support Abbott. I don't really have anything negative to say about him other than just I questioned a few things because I didn't quite understand the logic being applied. But see, it's so easy to question decisions of people that have huge decisions to make when you're not the person making those decisions. Right. I agree. I agree. And and the illusion of transparency of information being reported right now in the age in which we live in. Does it's not transparent. There's no existence of transparency. No, so I said the illusion of transparency. There's I don't think there's an illusion. Oh, I think I, there is. I just think it's it's a clear opaqueness if we're gonna be talking about art with transparency. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think most people think that they know they I, sure I think do most hate people politics. Think they, I, I do too. <laughs> As you can tell, so bad. I will. Can I say one more thing on this? So who, you vote, give, who you voting for? The just, just one, one quick question. One quick question uh, from both of you, who are not the most avid political uh, aficionados of people who love it so much. Even though I, I have the utmost respect and love for Joe Booth for going all in these past several episodes with our with our hunt for the truth. Um, speaking of which, check us out on MySpace. 
That's right. Average Joe's Media back on MySpace. Uh, if Facebook's got you down with censoring MySpace, uh, no one's going to care because no one's there. MySpace. Uh, a little plug there. Uh, but uh, but what do y'all think about um, a big? Adam, I just want you to know. I want you to know. <laughs> next time that you join us, I need for you to plug highly unapologetic about six times. Oh, seven. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Easily. I, if, I, if not more. Hey, that being said, man, I tried to uh, log into my MySpace uh, a couple of days ago. <laughs> that a boy. That a boy. I found I out how to recover mine. I I can't remember. I can't remember the email or the password. Well, it's I easy t- to start a new one. Yeah. No, we know, man. Joe. We I know think, how many emails that you've started. Sure. I have a bunch. I have a bunch. I really, though, I wish I had my original first email. Uh, Amber actually gave me the name for it. We were doing it in, uh, what was it? Is he okay? He's using that Navy SEAL language. I don't always understand, but uh, we had a Mr. Atwood. I think was our high school geometry teacher, and we had to create an email address, and so she called me Joe Bobby Bob. So it was Joe Bobby Bob seventy five at yahoo dot com. And you don't have that anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'd forgotten this email address I used for MySpace, but I finally figured it out. I had a. I eventually had all those old email addresses forwarded to each new one, kind of like Daisy chaining them. So. It's weird though, man. It's worth checking out just because you're. It's going to be weird. It's not as cool as it used to be. Y'all are getting kind of wild uh, on y'all's podcast lately. Yeah, you know we tend y'all, to y'all, pick. y'all hate being <laughs> shut up. We really do. Um, I was telling Joe Boo, I, I I used to I used to do the whole political writing. Had Facebook, had a website, had pages, had forums, like couple thousand people and and i finally just put stopped it because it was just too hard because you had trolls and, and you had censoring and you know this is back during obama's first term and uh so i kind of put it away i kind of try to ignore it and then we decided to go down this whole rabbit hole you know we had your brother on a couple times and and um so i was getting super passionate about it again and and then uh sure enough yeah you start getting tagged as uh fake news or you're not. Uh, you're posting something that's not 100 percent accurate when it really is. So yeah, we just decided to, uh, you know, don't tread on me. Hashtag come and take it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of wild. That episode y'all did with Josh was was real good though. <clears throat> I enjoyed that one. I thought it was great. I was going to tell you. I forgot. I was telling Josh when we mentioned what happened in San Antonio about not being able to say certain thing. I'm. I was meaning to say something, but didn't find a way to fit it in. But uh, I was going to say something about, well, no, just that in San Antonio, we hear everyone's highly unapologetic, you know, trying to plug you. But it didn't uh, it didn't actually come to fruition. You you can plug yourself, but you can't plug anybody else. I got it. Well, it it was hard. I mean, Joe Boo was putting in that work, man. We had like 45 minutes of video clips, you know. So (laughs) so it was really that was that was fun. And then I think we had what do we have? uh, One of the last ones we had uh, a guy from Taiwan. Who was a science fiction author? Oh yeah, I started watching that one. He, he did not know what he was getting himself into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come back and look. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild because Josh lives for conspiracy theories and and politics, and I'm the yes. complete opposite. Like I, I like conspiracy theories. I like the JFK ones. Anytime there's a JFK documentary or, or anything on TV, I'm going to stop and watch it just to see if I hear my granddad or my great granddad's name being mentioned, you know, I, I never will. I don't think, you know, but well, not, it's not still, until Josh makes one. Yeah. until you know, it's just interesting to, to read and, and, and watch, you know, just based on how involved with the organized crime, my family really was. So at what point in time do you consider the people that are in there? Maybe they don't have, your granddad or great granddad's name, but maybe they are a uh, a depiction of who they are, like in The Irishman with Robert De Niro. Yeah, now I feel like Robert De Niro is your grandfather from the stories that you and Josh have told. That's that's I'm convinced <laughs> that's your grandfather now. You know, I wish I wish I was older. I wish I was more uh, evolved in life when uh, I found out. Um, you know, about my granddad and I wish my great granddad, uh, 
would have actually talked about it. You know, from what I understand, he never, you know, my mom, you know, had all kinds of questions, you know, but my great, my great granddad just, he would never talk about it. Uh, and, but I wish he did his, you know, my granddad's brothers and sisters, you know, my great aunts and uncles, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't really go into detail. You know, I, I asked one of them one time, you know, did, you know, did he kill people? Well, you know, he never told us he killed anybody, but he also never told us that he didn't, you know, so type, you know, kind of thing, you know, it's kind of a, a beat around the bush thing. Yeah. First rule of fight club. Don't talk about fight club. Right. Same thing. Same thing with the mob. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I always thought it was fascinating. You know, you, you see these things on Facebook about, you know, you get one dinner guest, past or present, dead or alive, whatever. And you get to, you know, ask them anything you want and, you know, just talk to them, whatever. And it would, I would definitely want to sit down to lunch with my granddad that I never got to meet, you know, and just be like, man, t- tell me about you, mm. you know, just cause I feel like he's, it was a cool dude, you know, in, yeah. in terms of in terms of how cool organized crime and, and killing and hurting people are, you know, but, you know, you still you still want to hear the stories. But I want to know my first question would be like, how do you go from organized crime with the Teamsters to crime with the Black Panthers? Wild as a as a as a white man. Right. <laughs> You know, well, so, listen, everybody bleeds the same color, so yeah, that's all that uh, both groups were interested in his services for. Then it didn't really matter, yeah, it was going to up a, a pool of blood somewhere. Yeah, maybe we can get this idiot, idiot white boy to do all our violence for us, and right. you know, we it won't be connected. Well, right. Just think of him as like a Forrest Gump type character in history, but maybe with a few more violent tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm completely convinced that the, if there was Forrest Gump actually based on somebody real, they were very nefarious. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they were related to Adam and Josh, and I was like, that's fair, too. Oh, I mean, no. It's possible. No. It's possible. But then I, it was- see, I've talked to my dad about how cool it would be to be able to go back and live in the uh, Prohibition era, and maybe a little bit before that, a little bit after, in that time frame. Because of how uh, nobody knew anything, unless there was a reporter there, just happened to be there and saw it. But yeah. nobody knew anything. The whole whistleblower thing was that was the only way that anybody got ratted on was somebody told on them basically, and even then, the forensic potential back then was nearly non-existent and i mean just what could you do what could you get away with um how i mean bonnie and clyde all that stuff um you you look at all the the newton boys gang you look at all that type of stuff uh i I saw one public enemy is based on who uh johnny yeah john dillinger his was significantly sh- more short-lived than most of the other people that I mentioned. But, uh, but my point is, is that they got to live and do whatever they wanted for several years. It seemed like with very little repercussions. Like, how could you? I can't even fathom that. Which is why I'm so intrigued with those type of movies. You watch The Untouchables. You uh, go into the Godfather series, you go into any of those things that have anything to do with gang life or organized crime or the mafia or anything like that, set back in the 30s, 40s, 20s, earlier, uh, how intriguing it is. Because if there is things going on like that now, somebody's just got to have a cell phone ready for ready for a picture, but not even ready for a picture. I'm sure that, I'm sure that it's being tapped right now, but... Uh, but my point is, is that things are so much more out in the open now that I can't even fathom how it would be like to live, whether good side of the law, bad side of the law, it doesn't matter what side of the law you live, how would it be to live back then? And then, of course, also Tombstone's my, one of my favorite. Wyatt Earp is, yeah. uh, you know, he's somebody that's idolized in terms of the Western lifestyle uh, back in, what, the 1800s. Uh, Doc Holliday guy myself. 
Well, that's that's fair. Billy the uh, Kid. Wyatt lived until he was 80-something, Doc, yeah. 26. So there's more about Wyatt Earp. But um, I go back and read things about Wyatt Earp that he was he was not near the hero he's depicted to be or right. the positive, not, not the positive, but the, uh, the earth-shattering, changing from bad to good type of person. Uh, he was, I, I hear he was pretty dirty himself. Yeah. And, uh, and that's shocking because everything you see depicted about him in Hollywood is he's this, he's this guy that changes these people. Up older of the law. Oh yeah, absolutely. And at any cost, you know, like he's, he's not afraid. He's going to go right up to you. He was in how many shootings before the whole, uh, uh, vengeful run he did for his brother or brothers. Yeah. Uh, he was in one shooting, maybe two, growing up until he got to Tombstone. And then all of a sudden he goes on this killing spree, which yeah. is also potentially uh, blown out of proportion. But even still, if he did it, uh, unless he talked about it or the people that were with him, nobody would know. Yeah. Because it's just there was no reporting of it. And it, right. to me, I can't fathom that. I mean, we're on a podcast right now, and we can say <laughs> anything about what we just did 30 yeah. minutes ago, or, yeah. or somebody could come in here and then say something or whatever, and boom, all of a sudden it's on the Internet. That was yeah. not even even remotely a, a thought of those people back then. But don't yeah, you I, think – go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No. I'm waiting on you, Joey. No, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, is, you're making great points, but I think – just because we have more access to information, I think the ability that existed back then to characterize individuals, uh, rewrite a narrative, you know, I, I think it's still exists today, but is that much more prevalent, that bigger okay, of a potential so I problem. I don't care about rewriting a narrative. I just find it peculiar that there was there's no way to validate who Wyatt Earp actually was. Yeah. Because there's no records outside of uh, just the vague recollection of somebody writing an autobiography or a biography. And, like, I mean, he's nowhere. But now, if you want to write a story about who Joe Cook is or who Josh Buchanan is, all you got to do is go on their Facebook feed. Uh, you have all kinds of people that, that know them and then put them on their Facebook feeds. And, and you can get a true depiction of who we are. Now, not that we're that... Uh, life-shattering or earth-shattering in terms of personalities, like I've heard it both that, ways. That's fair. Who Wyatt Earp is proclaimed to be, yeah. or who those uh, it, uh, with the Untouchables, uh, Elliot Ness, who he's proclaimed to be back in the Al Capone era. Uh, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff that yes, the narrative is what it is. But I'm saying, how cool would it be to be able to make that choice and be like, you know what? I could do something and get away with it for a long, long time back then. Whereas now it's how intricate do I have to be in order to get away with something? How, how meticulous, how yeah. thoughtful that's what, that's the difference between crime in the early 1900s versus now is it's out there. Well, I mean, I think the highwayman was a really good movie and kind of showing how how wild that whole Bonnie and Clyde thing was. Well, that's true. And you know what? The the investigator who's credited with bringing them down used some pretty intuitive ways to figure out a connection between uh, all the robberies or killings or whatever and where they were centralized, where they where they made camp on a regular basis. And then used uh what twisted the arm of their of the cop of the uh associate the dad. well not the well the son too who was a, like a member of the bonnie and clyde gang or whatever yeah. and so he used the son to get to the dad and then i mean but he but had he to read newspaper articles and how long how long from one crime to the newspaper article was it right right and, and the distance they had to travel, I mean, they had to think like 10 steps ahead because by the time they figured out, oh, you know, they're headed to Topeka. Well, okay, Th they've already gotten a one-day head start. It's going to take me five days to get there, you know. 
That's I hope they're point. still there. Well, and that's the difference right now that we're seeing with all these riots and stuff. That's the difference is that event in Minneapolis happened just a couple of days ago, and now it's gotten to a, a nationwide knowledge for the people. Whereas yeah. something that happened in the 60s or the 50s, it took weeks, months, maybe even years to get all the way across the continent and, and for everybody to have access to it. Now it takes minutes. And so the reaction, in turn, takes minutes, whereas it used to require quite a bit of uh, collaboration in order to have a march in Washington. Right? I mean, they were talking by word of mouth and paper copies when, word when, of mouth. Yep. when Dr. King was, was organizing all, all everything or anybody in that era. And so it's just crazy how time flies, not time, but information flies so quickly now. But it was, it was a snail's pace 100 years ago. Well, how I think, cool would it be to be able to see those two firsthand? I think the huge disconnect uh, that is being highlighted right now is just what you're saying. The time in which information is available, the time in which people are drawing conclusions um, is very shortened. But the time in which it takes to prosecute someone, the time in which it, it, it takes to even arrest someone, the time in which it takes to uh, have a trial and possibly convict someone, you know, those those processes really haven't caught up <laughs> with how fast everything else is. Um, well, well, yeah, that's true. The, the whole on-demand society we're, we're living in. I think this whole thing stemmed from what Adam said. If you could take one uh, member of your family and have a, a sit down with them, who would you choose? And he said he'd choose his granddad. And I'm like, yeah, because you want to know about how awesome or crazy or intricate all the details are of his life that you never really got to know. Right. All I'm saying is I would love to go back into the early 1900s and, and compare what it was like then to what it is like now to live a daily your daily life and how information traveled like people got super excited when the radio was made you know you know where i would start do you remember the hatfields and the mccoys uh, yeah uh the, vaguely the, fam- yeah. the family feud over the pig that's where i would start okay. <laughs> that's fair that's yeah fair. but it was it, you know it's crazy we you know i told you all about my grandpa and then, Joey, I didn't text you. I texted Josh uh, probably a night or two later after I, you know, put it on an episode of the podcast. Wes, Wes texted me. Oh, yeah. And, and Wes's mother listens to every episode the minute it comes out. We love her. And she texted Wes yeah, that and, and all this all this was happening, you know, with my granddad and great granddad up in Fort Worth, Texas. And then she texted Wes and Wes in turn sent it to me that Wes's granddad was a dirty cop in Haltom City on all the payrolls of uh, the organized crime, knew all the mobsters, knew all the gangsters and probably knew. Wayne and Milton Walker, mm. you know, kind of another another twist to it, which is which is kind of interesting. And you know, my first question was, is he, is he still alive? Because right. mm-hmm. I would I would love to go up to Fort Worth and just pick his brain. Pick his brain, yeah. But unfortunately, he is not, and neither is my granddad. So you literally have to go based on information told hearsay. Right, because it, you know it was so so far back into in history, which sucks. Because I want to know how cool my granddad actually was. Right, but, I gotta tell you, if if there was you know a time machine or, or a way to go back, I I think there's quite a few different places that you'd want to go. You know, not just from a historical perspective, but just like what you guys are talking about with different family members and seeing the roles they played. We, I would we, say that's completely a historical perspective. We did a we did an episode about about time travel and where we'd go. And man, I'd make a whole bunch of stops in my in my phone booth uh, yeah. trip. You know, through time. You know, I'd go. I'd definitely go to Woodstock. And uh, interesting thing about Woodstock, it happened during a pandemic. Yep. Yeah. You know, they were is, not keeping themselves six feet apart. 
they were not social distancing. Yeah, they, there was there was not a lot of coverings, yeah. uh, let alone facial coverings. I would go. I would yeah. go back to the Hatfields and McCoys. I'd go to Woodstock. I'd go to a bunch of concerts. Uh, I'd go up to the the book the book depository and just sit behind, you know, um, Lee Harvey. Hey, hey, man, what you doing? <laughs> hey, guy. Just, here, just checking it out. Yeah, just checking out these books. You know, the, got a the view up here looks really good. Got a got a paper due on a Tuesday. Just need some. <laughs> Some info here. Do you, buddy? You want something to drink? <laughs> you looking a little parched. Nah, but that'd be fun, man. Have, you know, getting in the phone booth with Bill and Ted and and going. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be awesome. That we would be. Awesome. I'll see for you. It's it's a lot of concerts and stuff. For me, it would be a lot of early sports, sporting events. Getting to see Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle. And uh, see, all that type of stuff. I'm the same. I would want to go back and watch Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and Shoeless Joe yeah. so yeah. that I can come back into modern day time and tell Mario I've seen them. I, uh, can, yes. put them on, I can put them on my list now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You can't put anybody on your list who you haven't seen personally. Mario. Yeah. Right. If you need, yeah. So I think I'd be the pretty much the complete opposite of, of, of both of you <laughs> in that I would want to go see. Uh, I'd want to see what Rome was like. You know what I mean? I'd like to see. Joe, different... we just haven't gotten there yet. We we barely oh. made it to the late eighteen nineties, yeah, early nineteen nineties. I mean, we're keeping it international first. I mean, if yeah, we're going, you know what I mean. If we're going to to that stuff, yeah, that's on the list. You gotta. You, we're starting from most recents. Well, okay. Well, then going backwards from that, then I think it'd be real. I'm more of. Um, I think it'd be really fun to have heard um, Martin Luther King speak, JFK speak, um, FDR. You know what I mean? Being around, boring man. Pre and post Civil War. I mean, not Civil War. Pre and post World War II. Um, I definitely agree with the twenties, but going back at all the different historical turning points of the country. You know, especially around the time of the Revolutionary War. And just hearing how, like, the whole Constitution, Bill of Rights, and how the whole government was formed. Dude, I'd definitely dress up as one of the Sons of Liberty and go back to the Boston Tea Party. Definitely. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> I got I, right, So, real talk. I've, I might have said this before, but I'll say it again. If you've never been to Boston, you should go. That is an incredible trip to walk around and just see the different sites there. It's on the list. What took place. Well, I'm Hoping to get back soon. So are we are we talking about in the future or in our phone booth? I'd say well, I mean, it could phone be both, I fun, guess, but, based on the definition of time travel. But yeah, but I've never really been to the Northeast a whole bunch. But I did get to spend about a week there on a business trip, and um, it was just it was simply incredible. The different so, places you were there. So like, Adam, I'm proposing something for you. When baseball does get going, we make a, a summer trip up into. Uh, up into Boston, Maryland, New York, Philly. I'm in. And I think we. I think the train connects most of those places. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we can make it all the way down to D.C. We can catch. We can catch Yankees, Red Sox, Phillies, Mets, uh, Orioles, 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 Nationals, Nationals, all in one trip. Uh, well, Pittsburgh. Uh, you say you say the pirates, say Pittsburgh. No, I did not say the pirates. So I think all those are in a single, maybe week or two. Yeah, I think you'd have to start in Pittsburgh and then just work your way over and then down. That's fair. Yeah, but I'm back. yeah, I'm down. I'm look. I'm always down to plan travel based on baseball. Oh, good. Always, one hundred percent. Like, like if I ever plan a trip in the summer. I always look at the baseball schedule. Who, who's, who's playing near? By? Yep. Who's close by and who's playing at home? Dude, I did the same thing last summer. I took my daughter and a friend to California, but I did not, in any way, consider it without checking first the Angels and the Dodgers schedule. And I tried to make both games. I tried to make both teams a game at each place, but uh, right. I was talked out of going to two. Well. You are a sucker. 
I'm the I'm the dad that has the itinerary based upon how many different historical places we can hit. Yeah, between like point A and point B. You're kind Pretty of boring. Boring. Yeah, boring. I know. That's a, that's Listen, I'm all for hitting a historical place, but I'm also going to see a baseball game later that evening. Yeah, my historical uh, visitation in Boston is going to be Fenway Park. That'd be it's cool. There's, there's some great other places, though. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Yeah. But we'll see them from the tickets we can afford at Fenway Park. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and take your word for it. And if I show up, I show up. If I don't, I don't. But baseball will be there. So the other thing, the other thing that a a good trip is based on is making sure you eat where you would never be able to eat normally. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to Boston and and dining at Denny's. Right. not happening. Right. I'm finding some place that I'm what indigenous to Denny's or to Boston. Indigenous to the, the places I'm at. You know uh, what we're, you know what we're gonna eat when we go see the Blue Jays play. Uh, poutine. 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 You're right. Yep. I mean, drink it with some tang. You know what I mean? Get your glass of tang. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Last episode, he said, "Did I hear somebody say poutine?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, and the stupid part is, I was like, man, I shouldn't probably shouldn't have said that. They're trying to be serious right now. <laughs> Speaking of, if you're ever up here again, Maple Leaf, I just saw, opened up back up again. If I'm ever up there again, I never plan on going to Dallas again, Joey. It's fair. I say when we need to ma- plan breakfast at uh, Maple Leaf. Yeah, we need to. Breakfast uh, for dinner, I hear they sell all three. That's fair. That's fair. It's kind of your, non- your, your one-stop shop for poutine. Jazz and I owe y'all a trip still, uh, and I think Wes has agreed to come too. That'd be so. awesome. Dog, y'all are gonna love Wes. He had, he didn't come out of his shell when he recorded with with y'all uh, on the remote. Dude, he got stage fright on the dad joke, man. Yeah, I mean, like he just froze up. Yeah. Seems like, like a great guy though. Oh, he's he's awesome. But uh, they wanted the weekend off, so I gave it to him. So whatever. Hopefully they'll they'll come back next week. Anyways, guys, we're a little Dr. over an Pay. hour. Huh? You doctor Pay? Yeah, <laughs> I don't pay them, so they owe me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, hopefully we weren't moving another refrigerator. Oh man, Riley keeps bringing that up every time I bring Stephen up. <laughs> uh, I played golf with Stephen uh, last Thursday, and Riley got in the car. Who'd you play golf with? I was like, oh, you know, Jones and Sauce and, and Stephen. He goes, oh, Stephen took a break from moving that fridge. <laughs> Oh, yep, that's fair, buddy. But uh, anyways, we're a little over an hour. That's about all the time we got. I appreciate y'all coming on uh, so last minute. Uh, I, I don't feel bad about it because y'all are always down. So Happy to do uh, y'all go check out their podcast. It's uh, Average Joe's Media. No E in Joe's. It's just J-O-S. Things you think you don't care about podcasts. I'll check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They're always active. Uh, on the interwebs if they're not getting shut down and censored but uh, go like subscribe and share all of our pages and uh, until next time we'll uh, catch y'all later When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.